on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. My suggestion is to take a minute, especially those hustlers, because I feel like when you're so focused on it, your vision dies away. You just you stop losing that focus. Everything becomes foggy. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. Gathering the Kings Nation, I'm Chaz Wolf. I'm back at you this week with an entrepreneur who is just out of his mother's womb. I'm just kidding. But this dude is young, started his business in the teenage years and is at the seven-figure mark and just a young 20-year-old guy crushing it. I'm telling you right now, if you think that you know what you're doing and you're older than 25, I'd put your ego aside and I'd grab that pen and that notebook and I'd start taking notes from my guest, Paul Chola. All right, everybody, Chaz Wolf, I'm your host, Gathering the Kings. I've got Paul Cholock on the stage today, King Stage. Welcome to the stage, my brother. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's a beautiful day, warm out here, and I'm just excited to be here. Perfect day for a podcast, man, right? Yep, yep. That's the way we go. <laughs> That's right. Okay, dude, so um, before we get rolling here, tell everybody uh, what kind of business you have. So um, VK Custom Kitchens, we do uh, custom cabinets and countertops. So you know, started it when I was about 15, started it with my dad. So yeah, custom mill work, in other words, you know, do commercial and residential, you know, we do a little bit of other stuff. Like, you know, we're doing actually a house right now in Hilton Head. It's an island in South Carolina. We got some bunk beds and, and stuff like that. So okay. very so creative. Unique stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mo- mostly um, cabinets, millwork, um, woodworking, uh, carpentry. Yeah. And and yep. and not to pass over too quickly because you said you st- <laughs> you started this business with your dad when you were fifteen. That's yep. nuts. <laughs> How old are you now? I'm twenty three. Twenty three years old. You're in a, a business that's doing over seven figures in revenue. Just absolutely incredible. I'm so thankful that you're here because even myself, like I'm I'm ten years older than you now. But man, I was twenty four buying my first franchise, and people thought I was nuts. They thought I was just a kid. And um, I'd love the perspective of having that that youth chip on my shoulder of like, watch, watch me do what I can do. You know what I mean? Do you, do you feel like you carry that a little bit? Yeah. Yes, I do. I think I was, when I just stepped into the game at some point, I was a little scared. You know, sure. what are people going to think? And and I had times when people did that, but I'm like, why am I supposed to go under people's definition if I'm just me, myself, and I can actually present that to the next generation or to the people that are next to me, you know, that are also scared, probably, you know, I can help them out and show, Hey, you, what you got is, is strong and unique, you know? Totally. I just love the angle that, and and it's, it's happening more, I would say in today's business world, really just in the world in general, but in business today, age doesn't really matter. It's, it's all about results. And so the fact that you're 23 or if you were still 15 doesn't really matter to me. The fact that you're on the stage here today as a seven-figure plus owner tells me everything that I need to know. I know that you've done certain things in business that many, many people haven't yet. And that's why you're here to share it. So I, I just love the angle of um, 
letting results be the determining factor, not age or anything historic or any sort of like old thinking. You know what I mean? Right. You're in the business and you're and you're you're obviously crushing continually still. But before we jump into like how you got there, why do you continue to push? Like, why are you exploring new options with like the furniture and the custom furniture and and doing other things? Like, I mean, you've been in business now for almost a decade, which is crazy to think at 23. But like, why are you pushing at this level? You've you've achieved so much. Why the push even now? I think it's the hurt past of the low ground, you know? Yeah. Um where my family came from, you know, when there was times like I was literally today, yesterday, actually, I remembered a moment where my brother and I, we had, uh, we had a suburban and we were, we had, we were cleaning it and we stuck under the, where the cup holder is, there was like this little mat and we stuck $14 under there. You know, we're like, maybe one day we'll need it. And there was this one time where we were just broke like extremely broke and my dad was looking for jobs and we were driving uh from a neighborhood city and we did not have fuel and we had nothing to fuel up and we just yeah. like god please help us get home and yeah just that moment just you know slipped in and he's like no way we got money i'm telling you it felt like we were we had a million dollars yeah out of there, you know? so moments like that keeps me really grinding and i really want to do an impact on my family, um, siblings, parents, the people around me. So um, that's what keeps me going. That's cool, man. I, I love that that story. I think that probably every entrepreneur to a degree has some sort of moment like that, whether it was money related or someone told them they couldn't do something. They have that, that go-to moment that you just described of like, oh, yeah. geez, I can never let that happen again. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's um, true. Super humbling, but really cool that you guys had that moment of, of opportunity to be grateful, even in yeah. the position that you were, because that's really what it was, right? Yes, yes. Just a deep gratefulness um, at whatever level. And I think, yeah, actually, so let me ask you, since you had that in that moment of what you called the bottom, how do you try to or continue to p- press into gratefulness at the level now? Like you're obviously continuing to grind, like you said, but with the level of success that you've had, how do you continue to focus and be gratitude or to be grateful? What was really hard for me is a, a couple months ago where, you know, I set myself a goal. I was like, you know, this is how much maybe money I think I should be making or this. And when I set myself a couple of goals, I realized that my mind shifted to the point where I'm like, when I'm going to get there, this is when I'll be set or this is when I'll be happy or this is when I'll be yeah. great. And then one moment, I just feel like God just, Open my mind and and is and I start thinking, I was like, wow, I'm not grateful for what I have right now or where I'm at right now, where somebody dreamed to be, you know? Totally. And this is where I'm like, I stopped myself. I was like, you can't do that. You gotta be grateful in every moment of your life. You know, are you down? Are you up? You know, it doesn't matter where you are, you have to be grateful. And I saw a post of a friend the other day, uh, I don't remember fully, but it was like, uh, gratitude makes attitude or gratitude has to be your attitude, something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. The semantics of what you're giving is you can be grateful at this moment for what it is that we've gotten so far Yeah. in that same moment, be unsatisfied with that being all that you're made for, right? Like you can still be grateful in that moment and still want more. And I think yeah. that, that that place is so difficult for so many entrepreneurs because you're right. They're always destination focused. Like, oh, well, once I get to a million in revenue or once I become a millionaire or once I 
have the house and the car or whatever, then I'll be happy. The problem is that when you get to the level, then it, then it just becomes the next thing. Like now I want 10 million or now I want two houses or now I want four cars or a more expensive car or whatever. And so that game never ends, which is okay. Like it's okay to keep playing that game. <laughs> but, but to your point, the gratefulness along the way, how do you feel like that's kept you grounded like in those moments? Or do you do anything practical in those moments to be like, okay, I need to take a moment here and really appreciate what's happening? Uh, I think if you are so bombarded with everything that's going on, you uh, you tend to not realize what's going around. Like, yeah. I realized this. I don't know about anybody else, but I, one time I you know, came home, it was dark, and I looked up in the sky and I'm like, wow. I start remembering like things I learned in school, Big Dipper, Little Dipper, all that stuff. And I'm like, it's been so much time when I've just laid down and just stargazing or being grateful for what's going on uh so i think it's when i get bombarded you know that's when you know something happens so i i tend to make that a habit i wake up what am i grateful for you know a say a prayer of thankfulness what 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 i'm grateful for what has god given me this day so i think that has to become a habit in order for you to actually uh get it out from within you you know totally i love that approach man i relate to you um every time i'm in the woods specifically hunting, but anytime I'm even just walking in the trees in the woods and you look up and you've got a clear sky, that moment, what you just described is looking at the stars and seeing constellations and just seeing the vastness of creation really is what it is. It, it makes you feel tiny and in not insignificant, but like humble, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I love the feeling. It's like a reset, uh, which it sounds like it does for you as well. Let's go back in your journey real quick here. Okay. Let's talk about how you got to where you are. How did you start this company with your dad at 15 years old? Let's talk about that first. Well, in 2008, when the economy fell or dropped, my dad was doing stucco prior to this. Um, and so he went and started doing cabinets in our garage at our house. He bought like two machines and started doing that. And, you know, went, found work, you know, just no motivation. It wasn't like a motivation. It was like kind of like more of a, a, a duty. You know, he got a family, you know, because I have. There's 12 of us in the family, you know? Wow. And so like a big family and everything, you know, he just, he just went at it, you know? Head and down. A, Gotta go. And so he went at it and then, um, we ended up, you know, we'd come to the shop, he'd get us to work, you know, after school or something, you know, just to show us things. Uh, is he going on an estimate? We were with him in the car and, and I respect to him till this day for that, because we learned as we went, even though we were in school. And so yeah. there was moments where we'd come you know, to the shop where, you know, where he was working, we'd look, we'd see, we'd start doing our own stuff. And eventually when we, you know, got to the point where he just got us into work, you know, he's like, Hey, let's go. You know, and my older brother went in when he was 15, I was probably, uh, there's a year difference between us. So I went right after him. And the funny thing is, is um, we would come to the shop and we had this uh, big dream of building our own guitars, you know, cause we played we have a band in our family, you know, we play music. So we wanted to build the guitars, but um, kind of never happened. But <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, we started doing it. And then like when we hit, you know, he hit 15 went, I hit 15 went. And then there's a younger brother that's two, two and a half years younger than me. He he went at 15 too. So, um, you know, we start working and it was just, I look back, it was like, um, like a fog. There was those sleepless nights, you know, where you're barely getting through. And, yeah. you know, my dad had the up come to like, my money is your money. Your money is my money. You know, we're going to build a team and do this together. So, you know, we, we were all in, you know, and 
I think we were just so much in where we just could not see any better. You know, we worked too hard to be smart. And <laughs> so, you know, it went on, it went on and, um, you know, we just did it. We showed up, hustled, uh, did the work. And so that was about a 15. And I think, um, as we went, we learned a lot, but I think what kept a lot of us triggered, uh, not triggered, but like, um, limited uh, to my dad personally was, you know, some people from his family, they were like, they were kind of like the person that has no money will be left without money. And the person that has money will get even more money. And he, and that always limited him and just sure. ate his mind. You know, he just, right. he, he just was all in. But I feel like when your mind is not there, your body is not there. You know, your mind sure. is, the, uh, you know, what's setting. So, and that kind of was on us too. You know, we're like, we can never even think that we can do a million. We can never imagine that we can do, you know, this or that, you know? Right, right. And, you know, as time went on, I think two years ago is when we start reading books, start watching events. And, you know, when we start going to events, that just yeah. unleashed, you know? Yeah. Well, at least and, your mind, uh, your ability to think, it sounds like. Yes. Yes. Big time. And when your mind is unleashed, everything is unleashed. Because I'll be honest with you, there was a job we did. And we lost $60,000 on the job. They did not pay. We tried to get liens on them. Everything was like, it was very hard, which really ate me because I was like the manager of that project. And, you know, I had this one person tell me like, hey, what is God trying to tell you through this job? And I'm like, yeah. come on. I like, I, I came home and I'm like, God, <laughs> like, do you hate me that bad where I'm like <laughs> not trying to be, you know, crazy and bad. I just you know, want to right. live life and help others, you know, you know, yes. serve you and everything. But, you know, I think getting closer to God too, that helped me out where I find in the scriptures where um, God is for the people that work, you know, like even Proverbs, you know, says a lot about it. If you, uh, you know, you go work, the person that works, he will, you know, be the owner. The person that doesn't work will be a slave. So, you know, yeah. God wants us to do that. So. A lot of good uh, elements here. What I'm hearing you say, number one is even at a young age, you just you just worked. You 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 had to start working. You had to learn the trade. You had to, you know, go through sleepless nights. You had to have the fog that every entrepreneur listening knows exactly what you're talking about when you say the fog. And it doesn't mean that you want to live there forever, right? Because ideally you can't. But that fog of just, look, head down, I got to do what I got to do in order to grow, take care of my family, whatever the responsibility is, right? So I just so appreciate that perspective that you have. And then also for the listener, I'm just pulling out some of the stuff here that you're talking about. You know, you gave a huge piece on mindset there. And and the piece that you said that your dad um, was limited by is that if I have success, then it, it almost takes it away from you or someone else. There's only a finite number of success. And if I have lots of success, then then you can't have success. Or that if you have success, then I'm limited in my success. And Obviously, you and I both know that that's not true. It's the way that you think. It's the way that you act. It's the way that you go about your business that's going to determine um, the success. And so, you had mentioned a couple of things. I want to try to pull them out before I move on. You mentioned that you started going, like, started reading some books and started reading some, uh, going to some conferences. I'll ask you a little bit later about maybe a book recommendation. But what spurred that? Like, why did you start reading books, or why did you start going to conferences or thinking differently as an entrepreneur? I think what fired me up. Personally, me, I can't speak for my brothers, um, which we're kind of attached at some point. You know, if someone's learning something, we kind of share it and we all totally. tend to support each other and help was management, you know, was business management. I'm like, you know, 
are we always going to be this way? Like, are we always going to do this? Is this always going to be like that? So I'm like, I need to learn, you know, and I had, thank God for good mentors that I had that actually, you know, they're multimillionaires, old big companies, but they're very humble. And, you know, they were there to share care. And, and so, you know, a couple of them were like, Hey, go to college, take a, you know, uh, uh, business management class. And I knew that couldn't be because I'm like, I am hustling here. Who knows what? And just go to college and be like, who's going to be there for me? So, you know, I got books, start reading about business management, you know, financial management. And then um, just started discovering these very good speakers and learning more on, you know, work culture, you know, on and on sales, stuff like that. Totally. Totally. So, yeah, it sounds like the STEM came from like, I don't want this to always be how it is now. It's a, it stemmed from a yeah. desire of more a desire of things have to get better from here, which is a curiousness yes. or like a, okay, how do I change it? How do I grow? How do I develop? How do I mature? How do I change? And so do you think, do you think that that comes naturally to you or like naturally to an entrepreneur or for the folks that maybe don't feel like it comes naturally to them? What would you suggest that they do to get to that state of wanting more and wanting to learn that type of a thing? To me, it was like fed up, you know, to, to me, it was a point that pushed me on was being fed up with where I'm at. And yeah. I personally hate reading books, you know, but <laughs> you know, when I, when I got it, I, you know, I knew that was the thing. So my suggestion to somebody out there is I think a lot of people don't understand that they can do a lot more. They're just grinders. They're smart. They got common sense and vision is what's blocking them at some point. You know, yeah. uh, they might yeah. have some sort of vision, but all their vision is, is what's in front of them. And they just can't see the future, can't see it. And they're like so caught up. So my point is sometimes just to take a minute to step back, you know, maybe get in there, read a book, watch something, an event, uh, get a mentor, um, surround yourself around people that are like that, are farther there. You know, that's what I told myself. If I can surround myself around the people that are farther there, I can learn a lot quicker, be there, you know? So my suggestion is to take a minute, especially those hustlers, because I feel like when you're so focused on it, your vision dies away. You just, you stop losing that focus. Everything becomes foggy. Cause I look back at that time. I almost can't remember. I'm like, was I that stupid? You know? <laughs> and I look back at, I'm like, you know, I just yeah. can't see anything as if I had any, I didn't have any common sense, but I realized that I was so focused on this and grinding so much that I just couldn't see any future. Yeah. No, I love, I I think what you just described is incredible. Um, And I've never really heard it said like that, but yeah, you're right. Like when I think back to moments or even seasons that I was in of like fog of two, I mean, the grind is necessary for a period of time, right? Like you you have to grind until you have enough resources to start building a team. And, and we've talked about this with several guests, but the grind is necessary, but to your point, you got to like pop up and rise above the grind sometimes and remember the purpose, remember what you're doing, remember to take a step back, like the slow down to speed up effect is in essence what you're saying, which I just love that, man. I think that at such a young age, you're providing such clarity, not only for yourself and for your team, but now other entrepreneurs on even on this show where it's like, man, how does a, how does a, a young twenties have such clarity on, you know, I need to be able to um, think, I can't think clearly if I'm stuck doing Um, so many entrepreneurs are stuck right there. They're stuck on the job site. They're stuck in client fulfillment. They're stuck on the sales call. They're stuck. They're stuck. They're doing the thing. (laughs) Yeah. 
which is uh, which is what you, exactly what you're saying. So, um, okay, let's let's uh, let's keep moving here. I'm super curious to know along your path here of a good and bad decision that you've made that you could share with the listeners. Let's go with the good decision first. I want to know what you've done that just sticks out in your mind. That's just like you know, boom, do it again ten times over. I think uh, one of the things is I didn't back down. There were moments where I just wanted to quit, and um, there are times where I'm like, I'm just going to go work at a factory, um, go work at McDonald's. And there was just, no, you can't do that. Is that any better? You know? So the good decision, I look back, that helps me. It helped me out so much actually through is like, if you didn't do it, then you can't do it now. You know? (laughs) So not quitting was a a great decision. And another thing was, I, I think a, a big thing to my business was, you know, going out and research and getting out of the comfort zone, you know, do you want to or not, you get out there and you're not comfortable doing this researching, going out, looking at your competitors or things like that. But that is really something I look back with and I see the good fruit of it, you know? Yeah. Super good practical things, man. I love the, the, uh, on both of those, um, the, the, the researching competitors, um, you know, like some people, I, 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 sh- I shied away from that for a long time just because I wanted to have my own original thought and do my own thing. And just because you're researching doesn't mean you need to duplicate or replicate or try to be someone else. So that's a, that's a probably a key point to be made here. Um, but what I'm hearing you say really is don't be afraid to get out of your lane. Like it's okay right. to see and get, get experience and, or even just ideas from other people. And even earlier you mentioned, you know, coaches and surrounding yourself with people and, and stuff like that too. It's obviously helpful. So super good, man. I, I'm, I'm just kind of regurgitating this here for the listener. Those things are huge. Uh, and I think super practical too. What about a bad decision on the, on the flip side of the coin? What'd you do that was just detrimental? Save us some time and money here. <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes, but I think if I didn't make them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at at the same time. You know, sure. I risk. My dad's a risky person and I risk so much. I'll go out of my boundary, you know, out of credit. I can go sure. mine it. And so I risk. It's, I think it's a bad decision and a good decision. Sure. I, yeah. I think. <laughs> I, I received that. Give us an example of, of what that means for you. Like, what did you take a risk on that worked? And then what'd you take a risk on that, that didn't work? I'll give you an example, uh, a risk that worked and didn't work. So um, one of the things dad's like, you know what, going to estimating, this is about 17 years old where I started to estimate commercial projects like schools, hotels, uh, dealerships. Uh, And so I went out not knowing anything. You know, I just got a couple blueprints of how he does it, you know, and just went out and the mistake I did was a job where we lost 60,000 was a job where I had to give a quote for 170 and I gave 60, you know, and there was a ton of time, a ton of sweat. And, you know, we ended up even losing money, never got back, even put money from other jobs and projects from put it in there. The good side of it is, is I learned a lot. Actually, it was hard to recover from that. (laughs) It was so hard to recover from that. I felt like that's a dead end. But yeah. then just, uh, you know, things start sparking up. Just other clients start reaching out. Hey, we got this project coming up. And I'm like, right, right. Let me give another shot. And when I gave another shot, I got a project that went well. So I think one thing was, is I didn't have experience and I jumped in and it yeah. was a loop where it was a little, it was dangerous getting in. So 
Uh, I think as entrepreneurs, they can make a decision not knowing good or not knowing at all. And it's good to risk, but I think it's very important to at least know, you know, if you want to take less risk, if you want to not get hit in the forehead. So (laughs) know about it, find out and then jump into the loop is, you know, was my outtake, what I saw as in my big hit. Um, So the goods were, I learned a lot and it pushed me on. Um, I started realizing how to find out, you know, about competitors, how to find out more about pricing, this and that. But at the same time, the loss, that was the loss. So, yeah, well, I I see several things tying together here in the story that you've given. Number one is that you said the good decision was that you never quit. Right. And so if you had quit in that moment of devastation of, oh, my gosh, just lost $60,000 and you're probably 20, you know, like. Most most twenty year olds don't have a clue what what kind of money that is, right? Let alone some of the guys that are listening right now. They're three times mm-hmm. your age. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you're you're at this point where you feel like you want to quit. You feel like you're devastated. You feel like everything has ended because of this terrible scenario and all the money that you've lost. But you didn't quit, and so because you didn't quit, you held on just long enough where some of these other players, other other clients started calling you, and 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 you you just try it again, right? You just you just keep at it. And so I think I think actually your failure yeah. highlights um, you know the the thing that you gave on the flip side, which is huge. Um, I also wanted to say one thing too because you're you're a young guy and you should be in essence in college right now or just getting out of college. I was a college dropout myself, and most not most a lot of entrepreneurs don't go to college or don't finish. And so the way I always looked at it was I have friends literally who have spent sixty, a hundred, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a college education, and depending upon what they're doing now, sometimes it's worth it, most times it's not. And so for me, a $60,000 loss or a decision that went wrong in this case for you, that was just learning, right? Like you, you paid $60,000 to learn a crap ton about the industry, about estimating, about pricing, about your labor stuff, about how to deal with, you know, clients who don't pay, uh, how to have probably your contract better. Like you learned a crap ton and (laughs) all you had to pay was 60K. And, and you actually and you, highlighted everything that I learned. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, because I've learned all those things too. <laughs> um, so I, I love the, uh, this, the energy that you bring to the, the failure, man, because you just paid for it. That's all. Like, hey, look, I paid yeah. for the failure. It is what it is. I learned. It's my college education. And then, then here we go. You know? Yeah. So, um, okay. When it comes to decisions in your business, obviously, we've been talking about good and bad decisions. Do you have a formula or some any sort of a discipline that you follow when you're trying to make decisions? You're a little bit of a quick on the gas. You try to you usually kind of jump in sometimes a little bit, a little risky, but is there a process that you follow at all? Well, yes and no. Like I think uh, to me, since I am still risky, you know, this is, this is somewhere where I think I've learned listening to so much podcasts or reading so much books, sure. I feel confident, you know, like I already see other people's failures and I already kind of adapt by that. I look at my finances, like if I see no work coming up, you know, when I saw like there's no business there and I'm trying to run in and and go, our company should be ordering machinery and stuff like that. Nah, you know, so I, I'm risky, but then at the same time I look out. Yeah. So not really a formula, just kind of like at the top of the mind, I'll just kind of use common sense, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's obviously, um, a common answer, but what I'm hearing you say, just for the value of the of the listener right now, is that you can't be so caught up in thinking or information that you are unable to make decisions, right? Like you have to make decisions. And and I would even challenge, and which I hope you probably agree, is that you got to make them quick, right? 
Um, and sometimes quick is relative. Sometimes that's, that's like right now. Sometimes that's over the hour. Sometimes that's over the week, over the month, over the year, whatever it is. But what I'm also hearing you say is that there are certain decisions, usually financial related, that you maybe need a little bit more information, whether it's a new machine, whether it's you know, hiring another two or three people, like what does that, what does that mean to the business? And, and where's that, where's that coming from in the budget and, you know, all that fun stuff. So am I delineating correctly here from your. Yeah, absolutely. Info? If I don't have the full information on something that's new, like in sales, you know, if I'm going into it and I don't know about it, I want to find out about it. Hiring sales teams, how to set it properly. I want right. to get someone that can help me that has a structured right and has a lot of experience. Okay, it's good to learn on mistakes, but why would I want to if I can save, like right. pay to have someone do it and I can get a head start? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a huge benefit. Okay, you ready for the speed round, dude? Yep. First question in the speed round is, if you could only pick one metric in, in the entire business, um, obviously I'd probably track a bunch of stuff. What would that one metric be if you could only pick one? Money, I guess the money come. You know, okay, sales money. or bottom line money? I think in general. In general, because I would want to see where it's going and how it's how it's affecting. Not that I'm scared to lose, but you know what is it doing and how is it performing? Because yeah. yeah. I want to learn off my own operations too. You know, totally. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's a it's a common answer of of uh, where's where's the money going or are we making money? That's a good indicator. <laughs> yeah, um, got got to make money. Okay, and what what's a six figure or what's a book that you would recommend a six figure owner uh, read? to get to that seven figure mark. Forgot the title. Um, it was, uh, I think seven habits. Oh, okay. Yeah. If I'm yep. not mistaken. Seven, ha- um, seven habits seven of habits. Uh, highly effective people, I believe. Right. Because why is it's self-development? And I think if you're not self-developed, you're just going to go out there unarmored. So it, you know, something that can get you disciplined. So that's, I recommend. That's good. I love it. Okay. And do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? I do. Okay. And how so? And, and or why? So I'm right now in the Apex group. Have you heard of Apex? Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, I've signed up and I'm in the mastermind. And um, a lot of it is because I want to get a head start or not a head start. I want to skip, in other words, the steps. If I can get the people around me that can mentor me and how to do this because I I'm taking it to another level. I started off with little mentors, you know, and now I'm taking it to masterminds where I can get a lot effective information where people that long past where I'm at. Totally. So this is yep. where, you know, this is why. That's good, man. I love it. Okay. And last question. Are you ready? You're a young guy. So this is going to be interesting to ask yep. you this. If you lost it all, <laughs> what would you do, man? I'd restart. <laughs> You wouldn't quit? I'd restart. Um, <laughs> I would not quit. That's not an option. <laughs> why, why? I don't understand. Why is it not an option? I I don't want to be, I don't want to be medium. I don't want to be mediocre, just going with the flow. Um, I think my calling and my purpose here, you know, in church, in family, in business requires a lot more. Like it's, it's normal to be normal, right? But right. it's not normal to be not normal. If you're out, you know, but it requires not to quit to be that way. If you quit, you know, 90% of the people do that. A lot of people do that. So I choose not to. That's <laughs> awesome, man. I love I love the simplicity of how you just said, uh, you know, to be normal is normal and to not be normal is not normal. So you have to choose it is what you're saying. And it sounds like yep. you would. 
That's awesome, dude. I so appreciate you coming here. Um, if, if the listener resonates with you, they want to connect with you even, how, how would they find you? Instagram is the best way, Paul underscore Cholock. Um, so message me, follow me. That's awesome. We'll put, the, we'll put the link uh, below the show as well for them to connect with you on Instagram. And uh, of course, dude, I just so appreciate you willing to share, be vulnerable with your story, man. And you're a young dude. You got a, you got a big future ahead of you. So excited to uh, be part of the journey with you, man. Excited to see where you go with it. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, and uh, my pleasure. I want to, you know, know that I want people to know that, you know, there's somebody that's going through what I went through or is still going through, you know, I can be a help. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.